You are listening to The Mallory Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. want to welcome everybody to this report. I'm, I'm really excited about tonight's report. It's a guest that I've known for a couple of years now. Oh, it's probably longer than a couple of years, but we'll get to that here in a few seconds, because I actually think I do know. Because I look, kind of looked this up and I kind of cheated, but we'll get to that in a second. Before we get too far gone, this month's sponsor, I, I, I got a nice mo- a note from Chef Andrew Gould who said, very kind thanks about all you listeners out there who've taken the time, took the time to share his cause and donate money to him. And he was very appreciative of all of that stuff. And um, I'm very appreciative of it, too, that you guys came through in a big way for him and his cause. Just want to say that off the top. But obviously, new month, new April. And um, I can kind of go on a limb here. I'm using my quote-unquote podcast book, 75 Things You Need to Know Before You Start a Podcast, Um it's here on the website. It's also at dreambig.stream. You kind of go over there. You sign up. It's not an ebook that you find on Amazon. You have to come over and give me your email address because, well, it's free. So I, I got to get some trading concept back from it. So I get your email address. I send it to you. And then I send. I do send a couple follow-up emails after that based on checking in on you because that's kind of how I take care of people that, you know, have an interest in podcasting, and I was talking about that a little bit ago as well. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that here this evening with our guest. She might have something to say about a podcast. I don't know. We'll find out. My guest tonight is Kat Ward from Paranormal Heart, and she, like I said, she, she's been around. Okay, so how are you doing tonight, Kat, first, before we get too far into this? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, for all things considered. And for yeah. those of those people out there who are wondering... It's first Tuesday of the month. Where did live calls go? They start in an hour. We're going to do the normal run of the show, and then we're going to do live calls. So stay tuned for those people out there who are rampantly disappointed that we're not starting with live calls tonight, because they have become rather popular on Tuesday night, but we're just going to slide it back a little bit. That's okay. So, Kat, what's new? What's, good, what's good in Canada tonight? It's getting warmer. <laughs> Finally. So, I teased a little bit about knowing that you've been around the show longer than you may think you've been around the show, and longer than I cared to admit. Now, hmm. do, you, do you have any clue what like the first time you connected with the show was? Seven or eight years ago? Yeah, something like that. So, you do yep. know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, had to, I had to look it up, because... Now, how do I look it up? Because I, I used to have tells, because I used to automate direct messages on Twitter to people. Mm-hmm. And the, the first message that you had for me was a message about a former network, and that kind of narrowed the time frame down to six months. Huh. Because I was yeah. only there. I was only there for six months. I don't know. I don't honestly know if you ever listened to a show there. I don't think I have. I don't so that, ever recall listening to you while you were on a network. Yeah, see? So that, that's all positive notes there. Um, but that's, that's inconsequential to why you're here. I mean, that I, I was just kind of fun. And that tells me how long it's been since I've been on the network. So, yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> tell, tell my listeners a little bit about what you do, the Paranormal Heart, which is uh, a couple years old now as well. Yeah, well, first, first of all, I have to say hello to the pond, my people in the pond, everybody who's listening. This is <laughs> long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really weird being on this side of the pond. Uh, but, yes, I am Cat Ward. And um, I have one of my cats next to me, and she is purring profusely. So um, I don't know if you can hear it. Um, she started purring a little louder there, Jim, after we were talking. So I uh, wanted to say that I was so excited that I started to purr. But anyways, um, I have a podcast called Paranormal Heart. It's on the second and last Sunday of every month. And you can find it on Podbean, YouTube, uh, New Lantern Media, which is a great place to be. Plug for Justin and Eric. <laughs> and um, pretty much everywhere is that you can find a podcast. Um, I just recently found out that I was on Amazon as well. I was like, what? So, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, they're getting in the game finally, which surprised, yeah. doesn't surprise me because everybody's trying to get into the game. But it seems like they're way late to the party. But that's uh, whatever. I'm glad they're there. So, you, you also, what was the last time you were on an investigation? 
Ooh, a couple of months. Uh, wait, I'm trying to think. What was the last one? Yeah, it was probably a couple of months. Um, I Because of COVID, it's so difficult right now. Uh, we're in a lockdown again in Ontario here in Ontario, Canada. The entire province is locked down. The numbers keep rising. People don't listen. Uh, anyways, um, so it's really difficult to go on investigations. We have a couple... Um, set up for in the in the Ottawa Valley where I'm at right now, but of course we have to wait until the 28 uh, day lockdown is done until we can do anything. Um, but yeah, it's been about a couple of months. Not too bad for COVID, I guess. Yeah, as I say, but do you miss it? I guess is the que- one of the questions that have coming out of this. I do. I do. Um, I used to. Well, I've been investigating now for mm, eight years nine years something like that i can't exactly remember when i joined uh, the canadian supernatural research society um but it was the first time i ever did real investigating and um in the beginning i wanted to just make i wanted to find all this proof that's out there for people as to why they're they're um they're having all these experiences and I've had a few myself and I wanted to prove that these things are existing. And now I don't need the proof because I've seen and, and heard enough that I now I'm taking it a step further and I want to find out where all of this is coming from and why. So I guess I've grown a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's the uh, net. Well, I guess it shouldn't be. I shouldn't preference it by. I hate using general stereotypes, right? Because I know there's always people that just don't grow up, so to speak, in this, right? <laughs> so I, I don't want to say everybody does, but I, I used to refer to it as the the wave, right? You you get so excited the first few times, like you go out and then the water crashes down, and then the tide goes back out, and some people go back out the second time, right? Mm-hmm. Not nearly as much fun the second time when you know that wave. You know the ride is going to end. Yeah. But then, but you kind of do it because now you kind of understand how it works and you got a little bit better grip on it. And you know you can go out back as many times as you want. And some people, you know, after a few, the thrill is gone. It's kind of over. And for some people, it's kind of like, okay, but if I go, oh, if I go later in the evening or earlier. <laughs> Tides are just a little bit different, and the wave comes in a little bit different. There's a storm coming. Like they start to try to understand when the best waves are coming, mm-hmm. right? There's just it works really well. All these analogies with surfing and all this other stuff, and then, <laughs> uh, but you know, you want to go to the beach, Jim, don't you? Oh, apparently I do, but I, you know, <laughs> I'm not a beach. I'm not a beach person. Even when I'm at the beach, I'm not a beach person. Um, don't like sand on my feet. Yeah, then you can't get rid of sand for the next 15 years. You just keep finding it. <laughs> so, I, I, the beach is hard for me, but, um, but you know, it just pl- continues to play out. And then, there, are, like I said, there are people that study it and get it way into it. And I think that's, like I said, I, I assume that's a natural e- evolution for everybody. But there are just some people out there who just love throwing it all against the wall. 100 miles an hour, it doesn't matter. Um, yep. No, I'm, go ahead. I was going to say, but most people grow and mature and kind of try to understand why and how and try to come to understanding about some of the stuff. And it sounds like, well, most of the people I have on the show, your show, I'm sure are the same way, that you're not going out there and getting the people that are trying to um, just cross off millions and millions of places off their list. Yeah. I'm trying to get uh, more people who who are not in the paranormal that have had experiences and don't understand why and are terrified. And I want them to know that they are not alone. There's so many people around the world that are having the same experiences. They're not alone. So I'm trying to get more of people that are not really into the para community um, just so I can help them. And I'm starting to get more and more people like that. Um, Last one that I had was um, he didn't want to be on the show but he had some experiences, so I um, narrated them with um, Brian Anderson. I uh, had three or four, four stories. It was only a 20-minute episode this time, 
But I was really thankful that he sent me his experiences because he was really nervous to come out. He didn't want to mention exactly where he was from, and that's fine. Anyone who wants to send me their encounters, and I'm more than happy to read them on, on the air. And if they want to remain anonymous, that's fine too. Um, I know who they are. They're brave enough to step forward. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm really loving that I have more and more people stepping forward like that. Yeah, there's there's a ton of people out there who, once you start talking to them and get a little bit of um, credibility with them, I guess is the mm-hmm. easiest, most most sound way to say this. And yeah. You, then you start having those little bit deeper and harder conversations to have with people. Because obviously, now this comes from a guy who owns com, right? Shout out to that great website that I still try to <laughs> still put together, right? So... That's a little bit more straight slap in your face. Let's talk about it, right? But I've come to understand through the years that, well, that's great. And that does, that when people see that, that does open doors for some conversations. For mm-hmm. others, you need to have the, um, I guess, the mothering conversation with them, right? Put it easily. The little soft conversation, it'll be okay, we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. I was... Um... I was really happy I had a listener uh, message me one time, and she wound up being a guest. And I don't want to mention her name because I don't have her permission. Um, but she said she really liked the platform of my show because she felt like it was a safe place. So when she started listening to my show, she thought, oh, wow, she's not out there trying to tear me apart or tear the guests apart. She's actually listening to their encounters. So she stepped forward, and there were some other issues that she was having, and I know an archbishop here in Canada, so I put her in contact with them, and uh, they've been sorting some things out, which I was happy that I was able to help. So um, I was so, I can't even think of the word. I just, I was so happy when she messaged me and used the words, it's a safe place on your show. Yeah, and that's the, well, I guess we're going to transition the show conversation for a second. That's mm. the great thing about our, well, my show and your show. Um I had a question, goodness, I guess it would be a year ago, or over a year ago now, because COVID, mm. um, right? And I, the answer was semi-vague on Google, right? You know how sometimes you can't find mm. a yes or no answer? It's kind of... Yep. So I picked up my phone, and um, I was at a scout meeting, and I'm like, hey, I'll, find, I'll get the answer for us. And they're like, looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, hold on. So I stepped out. And I text one of my former, I just text my, one of my former guests, right? Mm. And um, sure enough, within a few minutes, he replied, gave me the answer to the question. And hey, and, and the next message was, hey, because I preference it with all that, you know, I'm at a scout meeting, I'm, you know, they're asking these questions and I can't seem to find a great answer. And I need mm-hmm. some, you know, I want an answer of credibility. Yeah. And then I, answer, I asked the question and he sent back, no, because, and I'm like, okay. So I read that to them and then. He sent me a, a message later. It said, "Hey, thanks for thinking of me, because oh. you know, I you know I know you ask questions all the time, but those kind of questions that young people have, especially, need answered in a way that they can understand." Yeah. And and you know, thanks for thinking of me and if, get me back on your show. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I need to get you back on. And yet, it's been a year and he hasn't been on. And if he's listening <laughs> tonight. I'll pro- my sh- my phone will probably ding it well in a minute here and say yeah you're talking about me but you're not ha- you haven't had me on and uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll call in in the last hour <laughs> I was gonna say there's an opportunity for there in the next yeah. hour to call in but uh, yeah great guy but you know that's the little things that I you know people say well Jim your your show isn't setting the world on fire with anything and I'm like no but I there, there's these moments of meaning to me that matter outside this this the download and the, the website that yeah i could pick up my phone and call some pretty neat people or email them or whatever the case may be and, and get a legitimate answer within a day and that's pretty cool that is pretty cool i've done that with past guests too i've emailed them and uh consulted with them on certain certain questions and you get a reply right away it's great yeah and, and the, the, uh, some i mean I've never run into somebody that was mad about a, a random random question, especially if it's short and to the sweet. I mean, I, I well, Kat, you, you've messaged with me for a while now. You know that <laughs> yeah. I, I don't punch too many words just to punch words. 
If it's if it's coming, it's coming yeah. direct. And um, so I, I, there there are times that I get messages from people that would you know I wish they would just send me the ten words they needed to send me and not the four <laughs> paragraphs before that. The Coles so, Notes version. <laughs> yeah, just just hit, just hit me with what you need to hit me with, and I'll be fine. So. So take me back though, Kat, because I've never heard the story. What made you get interested in the paranormal to start with? Oh, I've never. I oh, you don't know? Wow. Apparently, um, I don't, or I, maybe I have forgot. But re- refresh me either way. Maybe. Well, it's something I've always had an interest in. Um, as a little girl, I grew up on the east coast of Canada in a province called New Brunswick, and we lived in a three-story apartment building, and it was a really creepy building. Uh, it, the building was so old that in the basement they used to heat the building with coal. And then by the time we moved in, it had been switched over to electric heat. But a uh, very, very old building. And we lived on the top. And I had this big room and a big walk-in closet. And my dad even now says he remembers my having night terrors, screaming about the man in the closet. Um, I had witnessed the hat man uh, since I was about five years old, I think. And kept seeing him until we moved away from that apartment never really told anybody else other than my parents because i would be screaming bloody murder and they come running to check to see how i was doing and i was listening fast forward to the to the to uh, quite a few years later i was listening to paratooth radio in the beginning i just met um eric and justin and they actually had someone talking about the hat man on there but he was talking about the shorter version. Oh, no, no, he was talking about just the tall hat man. I messaged Justin after the show and said, hey, I've just listened to your episode, and Justin, I've had an, an encounter as well, but mine was about four feet tall. He sent, He doesn't remember this, but he sent me a link on YouTube. This guy also, as a child, kept seeing the hat man, the short version, and recreated it. And when he re- recreated it, I had all these childhood feelings come flooding back for a split second. I was terrified. It was exactly what I saw as a child. And he I've always thought about the hat man ever since we moved from that apartment building. But again, I never spoke about it before. So knowing that other people had encounters like that just fascinated me. And apparently there's a difference between the tall one and the short one. I don't know what it is. I never... He never took notice of me. He was just in my room. Later on, I had a psychic tell me that he was um, protecting me. I don't know. Uh, The building's not there anymore. It's been torn down because I would love to go back home and investigate that building or find out whoever lived there after us if um, they had experiences. But um, always had um, their sensitivities on both sides of the family. So um, it's not something that my parents would try to say, um, you were having a bad dream. They were just trying to get me to talk about it. And yeah. as I say, I guess I did, I guess I did hear that at some point. Yeah. But uh, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but there was the childhood stuff, right? And then mm-hmm. there was this moment of reconnecting with that. How yep. did, I mean, there had to have been something in between there to tip you back into looking for stuff. Well, we moved, uh, my husband and kids and I moved to, um, uh, the Ottawa Valley in Ontario here, and I had a friend message me on Facebook one time and said, hey, there's this lady on Facebook um, wanting to put a paranormal team together, and I know you're into that, so I thought you'd be interested. And of course, my husband and I, every Friday night after the kids would go to bed, we used to pop open a bottle of wine and watch um, Most Haunted from uh, from the UK. And um, so... I always knew it wasn't exactly like on TV because it's a TV show, right? But she messaged me, and I thought, okay, what's her name? And you know Katie Turner. So I messaged Katie, and I said, hey, I'm, I find, I heard that you're looking to put a team together, and I'm interested. So I went to a local coffee shop just to have, like, a meet and greet, and um, I've been with them ever since. And um, I still remember the first investigation that we had. It was It was amazing how many hits we had. I mean... Her and I were in, it was um, a private residence in a, an older gentleman in his 90s. And uh, Katie and I were in his room and the rest of the team were in the, in the uh, spare bedroom next to it. And we asked for knocks and we heard the knocks. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it's one of the team members messing with us. No, it was coming from a complete different area of <laughs> where they were. 
And then we started asking for, you know, can you give us three knocks? Like we'd give a specific number and we got them. And Katie and I would look at each other and I was totally blown away. I was like, okay, I'm sold. I want to do this. <laughs> so I've just been stuck with them or they've been stuck with me <laughs> ever since. So she actually said hello on Facebook, and we'll say hello back to her, even though I normally don't address those people, but I figured oh, hey, I Katie. would pop over there just for a second and may have generated an echo for a second for people listening because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not. <laughs> well, when you forget to turn your volume down before you do something like that, yes, you are. Um, or when you forget to unmute. <clears throat> yeah, I never so, said that. Yeah, there are, there are certain things that just, you got to call it as you see it. It's a ball or a strike, and sometimes it's a strike. Um, of course, you're very familiar with Germantown Runner. Uh, you've oh, had yes. him on your show, matter of fact. So yes, I have. This, he was this amazing. Will, this will come as no surprise to you. He's peppered the chat room with questions. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pick a couple of them up here because, well, there are questions I was going to ask, but I'll give him credit for them because that's how I am. And... Um, of all the paranormal topics you've investigated, what do you believe in more? And which areas do you believe in? Well, he asked ask it as discounted. I'll say less. I haven't really discounted anything. Um, and what do I believe in more? Oh, jeepers. Where to start? It's just, uh, I would probably have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say Bigfoot. Um in the beginning, I used to think paranormal was only ghosts, but now I realize it's cryptids, it's aliens, it's time travel, anything that's not normal. Um, so I think the thing that I would probably believe in the most, other than ghosts, because I've had experiences, but I don't exactly know what they are, uh, probably would be Bigfoot, although I've never really had an encounter, but there's so many people out there who have. I'm just always surprised there isn't a body. And that's true. Yeah. Of, that's all. That's true of aliens too, to a degree. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, they say they find scat, they find footprints, you know, but there's no body. Why? And that really fascinates me too. It's like it, it's the whys that get me. <laughs> you know, the uh, I, I want to know why, but I would never go investigating Bigfoot because I've always said before, anything that can rip my head off and spit down my neck, I don't want to go investigating. <laughs> Oh, you're you're missing half the half the pleasure of life there, then. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be the homeowner. Oh, wait, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> That's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> what doesn't get you in trouble? That's often a good question. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I seriously don't know anymore. What doesn't get me in trouble? <laughs> of course, when I say that, I, there's a certain one in mind. Well, you know, like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get yourself in trouble again I, I am um of course the next question from germantown runner is about the ouija board and um have you ever had um karen dolman on your show no and i don't think i know who that is oh she is i don't want to say she's the queen of the ouija but she is she's got she's massively knowledge on them hmm She's I'll have to a, look I'm, into her. As I say, I'm pretty sure you've heard her here on the show before. I probably have and didn't realize what her name is because you know how forgetful I am. As I say, I, I do the same thing. I hear people and I'm like, oh, who? And then I listen to them like, oh, yeah, that guy. Or, well, in this case, that woman. But nevertheless. Um, but anyways, but so remind me at some point. I'll get you her information because she's a fa yeah, she's a fascinating please. guest about, about the Ouija. So anyways, what is, what's your take on it? No, but it's not exactly a simple answer for me. I grew up French Roman Catholic. My mother was extremely, extremely religious. Uh, would pray every day. She had her prayer beads. And she used to always tell me, don't ever bring a Ouija board in the house. They're evil. You don't want it. And just having that ingrained in you as a child, a teenager, you know, um, is just beaten into you. Uh, Ouija boards are bad. But the more I think about it, it's not really more different than using any equipment when you go investigating. But because I've been so ingrained with Ouija boards are bad, I still have that feeling that, no, I don't want to go near them. Because it, it I feel it's the intent as well of what the, the, the person 
um, using the whatever piece of equipment it is that they're using. But the Ouija board, especially if you don't use it properly and close it at the end, you know, then big trouble happens. But it's not really a simple answer. Like I said, no, my every ounce of my being says no, but then my, my mind says, well, it's probably not that bad because, like I said, other equipment, what's the difference? Yeah, that's what gets me about that because you think about, oh, we'll just use the K2 meter, for example, because yeah. that's yeah. also handheld, right, yeah. at some level. I mean, I guess some people do lay them on tables and desks and whatever, but often they're in your hand. Mm-hmm. No difference. You're asking a question and expecting an answer. It's just as close. Of course, I'm sure you've heard the reason. I don't like them, right? Yeah, but refresh my memory. You want to you <laughs> no, refresh? I'm forgetful. Yes, because I, I don't like to spell. Oh, you can't spell. I mean... <laughs> I, well, that's true, too. That's another reason. For it to communicate with me, it has to be on the same wavelength. And I don't think there's too many other creatures that are, are this smart. See? See, Kat, you see how I, you, I see the last time you kind of yelled at me for calling myself an idiot? So there, I uh, cleaned it up for you. Is that better? <laughs> that's better. <laughs> Jim, if you pass before me... I am going to try the Ouija board to connect with you, and if you misspell everything, I'm going to know it's you. I was going to say, there are some definite <laughs> misspellings that you'll know for sure instantly. One of word course, in particular. <laughs> so, of course, you, you've, you've probably heard this one, too. If, if I do die and you decide to try to do an EVP session on me before I you know, am at rest and at peace, uh, light a candle so I can burn your house down. No, be better I, I, than any. I mean, that'll just be absolute proof right? that uh, that the other side does exist. Um, but the audio footage may be ruined, just <laughs> for the record. So, it's it's a give and take relationship sometimes. <laughs> Remind me not to light a candle. <laughs> yeah, but then, like I said, that's your definitive answer, right? Not because I mean, there's so many. There's hours and hours of me saying stuff now that you could fake any. You could probably. With AI bots, you can make me say anything you want from the grave. You can probably yeah. do it now, but, I mean, especially after I'm gone. The, you know. And then I can't deny saying whatever you horrible things you string together for me, EVP-wise. Yeah, um, not your fault. Not my fault, because I'm dead. But, hey, like I said, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I burn your house down, there is... Well, I guess there's no substantial proof anymore, because, again, your house is gone. But... Well, if yeah. I do light a candle, it'll be at somebody else's house, so my house is safe. <laughs> so, <laughs> any of my friends, if I say, hey, let's light a candle. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, be careful, let, let, get, yeah. light the candles. In. Run, kick me out of your house. <laughs> Hide the candles. I will feel bad for just a second if somebody <laughs> tries that, and it actually does happen. But then I, I'll warn you correctly True. for years that that's my intent if you try... You know, sometimes you know. Sometimes in life, you, well, in the afterlife, I guess it is. Sometimes in the afterlife, you just want left alone. So yeah, if you get your and house- that's why we have so many aggressive spirits on the other side is because all of us paranormal investigators are trying to communicate with them and asking all these questions, and all they want to do is rest. It's like, look, I've had my time. I'm tired. Leave well, me alone. That, you're probably onto something because you know when places like hotels and these other places that people would go to go vacationing. Mm-hmm. Or a bar, right? You're going there for a good time, a hotel, you're going for, you know, to get away from things. And what do we do? What are you doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Middle of the night. Hey, is anybody here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine them on the other side. Are you serious? Are we doing this right now? I've had doing, enough of like, doing this life right evil. now. Doing this right now or doing this again. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine, I'll give you some answers. I'll give you some... <laughs> I'll move some stuff. Now, I don't know if this is still true, but there was a place at one time... I'm not going to name the name of it because I don't know if it's still true or not. But the daytime tour was like $10, right? And the overnight tour... Overnight tour. It wasn't an investigation. It was just an overnight tour at night. was mm-hmm. like 45 Jeez. For the same tour, but at night. Hmm. Because they were supposedly haunted. Yeah. Do you know where this was, or do you want to mention? I don't want to mention it, because I don't know if it's okay. still true or not, because I know mm. I know there was some change in ownership or management or something there, so I don't know if it's still accurate. But at one time, it was like, boy, you're really, ca- you're really cashing in on this paranormal thing. 
No kidding. So, well, yeah. people yeah. like to be scared, so they're going to pay for it. Oh, they, like I said, there was a, a list. There were people trying to get me to go. And I said, if I went, I'd go during the day. Save my money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if, it, if, it's, if it's truly haunted, I hate the word haunted, by the way. If it's yeah. truly haunted, it'll be haunted during the day, and I'll, I'll have a great experience, and we'll move on. That reminds me of when I was a kid and the hat man incident and uh, my dad, it was during the daytime. He were standing in, like I said, I had a big walk-in closet. So we're standing in a big walk-in closet. And my, my dad's trying so hard to tell me that you're okay. You know, um, there's nothing here at night that isn't here during the daytime. And I looked at him and I said, you mean he's here in the daytime too? Freak. <laughs> I was afraid of the daytime too for the longest time. And my dad's like, great that didn't work out <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that that's the classic uh-oh moment and we've all had uh-oh. those yeah right like oh no like oh you yeah, try yeah, to ex- yeah. you try to explain something and just well maybe it's just me make it worse <laughs> <laughs> well that's an interesting phenomenon though because like your, your story started when you were a child mine started when i was a child and we kind of both had parents that i don't want to say well, I don't want to say we're accepting, right? Obviously, cause, yeah. But weren't squashing either. I guess yeah. is the easiest way to go about this. So that's an interesting. I mean, we're talking about parents in this whole dynamic, and I, I think that plays a major part of because I, I do believe children are closer to the are able to see more than we can for whatever yeah. reason. Agreed. Uh, and then for whatever reason that closes. Now, you know, some say, I, I personally believe it's because we try to socialize them too much and send them to school too early and all this other stuff, but that's just me. Oh, now they send them to school at four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, My God, it's just too young. But, but anyways. I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it's just me. Because, that I mean, they need interaction. Well, they need to grow up a little bit, too. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I get it. I get both sides of it. But yeah. sometimes yeah, we just need to, we just need to let our kids be kids at some point too. Yeah, it's funny you were talking about uh, how you and I we had experiences as kids. I haven't met too many people who haven't had experiences since they were kids that are into the paranormal. I've I've heard of a couple of people who've never had experiences but still are in into it. They either have shows of their own or they investigate. Because they want to find out, because they hear other people talking about it, but there's not too many people like that. Well, the other thing is, I've often wondered, right, everybody, you know, came into it late, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they had a bad experience with their parents and just squashed it and forgot all about it. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. I've had, I've spoken with uh, people who, um, when they heard my show, they're so happy that there's other people like them out there because as a child they would see things or hear things and their parents would just pretty much call them stupid and tell them what they're seeing is evil and, you know, you're evil. And I'm just like, oh, my, my, no, no, no. And so they've grown up like that. And it's it just breaks my heart to know that parents were not nurturing, even if they don't believe that their children are seeing things, Ask them, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you experiencing? And try and find out the root of what's going on with that child. Don't tell them they're evil. I mean, oh, good grief. <laughs> That's not a way to mess a child up in a hurry. Right? <laughs> so, where is it at? I had it here. Did I save it here or over there? Oh, there it is. Another question from Germantown Runner, which I appreciate this one because I, I've been wondering this that I, I honestly have mixed feelings about it. Um, Do tell. Uh, there it is. Sorry, I, <laughs> the chat room moved on me as I was getting ready to read it. I looked up and it wasn't what I almost yeah, the went. The chat room moved really fast. I went Ron Burgundy and I almost read what was right there because it was right there and then it wasn't the same thing and that was almost bad. Um, <laughs> do these tense times with this COVID and all the economic consequences from it promote? paranormal activity or decrease or does it remain consonant consonant not consonant because that's not a letter constant (laughs) through the times i want to say 
Now, I don't have any proof, but this is how I feel. So I, it's not something that I've researched, and I like to research things before I, I, I say things, but this is just how I feel. Because there's so many more people being at home now, There, there's a lot of people, everybody's bored right now because they have to be at home. So they're looking to the skies. You hear a lot more encounters where people are saying, I saw a UFO. I don't think we're having any more than usual. I think it's just because everybody's at home and they're taking notice of their surroundings. They're, they're noticing things that are, have always been there, but they just have the time now to, well, smell the roses. So they're, they're actually looking around and they're noticing all this stuff. I feel that's what's going on. But again, I have not researched this yet. That's just an idea that I have. See, I'm surprised. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am surprised there hasn't been more case requests for people. Because I've noticed during um, traditional winter, right, it mm-hmm. spikes because people are home and they're sitting in their house and they hear more things that are just natural noises in their house, mm-hmm. but they're finally hearing them because they're finally home and paying attention to them. Like their furnace and the you know all of the the bangs and the clicks and the yeah. pops and all that stuff that they don't normally hear. But they don't normally hear because they're not normally home. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't see any increase. Of course, we're not nearly as active as we once were, so that mm-hmm. might be part of this as well. But normally, even the last few years before, there would still be a few just pop up because, and I didn't see. As many as I thought I was going to see, especially when people were locked in. I, you know, I always thought there was just going to be this tidal wave of people who, I, I, you know, mental break, I guess, yeah. is the only way to put it. Right? Yep. And But I, didn't, I haven't seen it, which surprises me. Of course, like I said, I'm not necessarily as deep into it as I once was. <coughs> but Well, it, it could be that I feel there's still kind of a stigma when people encounter things like that. Um Maybe people are encountering it more and they just don't want to say anything. I, but I think there's always those people, no matter what. I think there's this oh, yeah. other, other group of people that would say something but necessarily didn't. Now, is that because they were scared of the virus? I don't know. Because some of these people, right, are just... Okay, so I guess there are three groups of people, right? The, the first group of people that we were talking about who won't say anything, mm-hmm. they could they would see it straight in the eye and like, nope, that's evil. Yeah. Right? We rule them out right now. The other group of people who are, I, I use this word a lot. It's become a, a word, and it probably isn't really a word, but it's going to be. It's going to be in a dictionary because I'm going to put it there, <laughs> which is meffed up. I think it, prob- it <laughs> probably it. is more common than, than I'm giving myself credit for, but I I'm, I, I love it. Um, I don't I don't use messed, messed up anymore. It's always meffed up uh, <laughs> because, it, you know, it's not nice to make fun of people with addiction. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that sometimes there's actions that are a result of that that are that. So let's be clear about that. So there's that group of people that are seeing things not because they're seeing things, but because they're on something and they're seeing things. Or their mind is just destroyed because they've altered it to the point of whatever. So but are they take- actually hallucinating or are they actually seeing for the first time because the drugs are allowing them to. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, you're, you might be out of something, but there are, I mean, there are varying degrees in that slippery yeah. slope there. Okay. So, let's take off the pool, let's take off the pools, right? The people that are, and the people that aren't. And then in the middle, there's probably two groups too. The people that are too conservative to say anything, but might come, might, might send you a story anonymously, right? That group of people mm-hmm. up there. And then there's this middle, this other group here that would probably, you know, come on a show or free and openly share a story or say their house has activity, right, wrong, or different. There's that that <clears throat> group there, and I, I don't. I think that group is growing, right? Because, of, like you said, there are people that are sharing stories that traditionally want it. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think, there's got to be some that say, oh, "I'm not sharing my story because I don't want it to become commercialized." I guess is the yeah. And I have no idea where I'm going with all that, so... Nor do I. <laughs> I just let you ramble. <laughs> Let's see, that's 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 the power of me. <laughs> Breaking down the, uh, the four... I think we came to four types of people in the paranormal community. Or 
people that report paranormal activity. And the then people, sub-branches, so would that really be five? <laughs> <laughs> now, people in the paranormal community, oh boy, this is where I get in trouble. <laughs> there are, um, there's only two type of people in the, the paranormal community, the investigators, the people that do this. The sane and the, whoa, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shake my head sometimes. Yeah, and that whoa wow crowd, right? You know, like they, um, you can tell there, there's not a genuine is, is interest in people. It's, no, um, I know. And that, it's that's all for them. Yeah, that's the alarming part. Like, yeah. And on, I don't know. I, I hate to say this, but if you're not being genuine with people, it's going to come and get you. Yep. Karma. And I'm, not, and I'm not talking about the boogeyman. Well, maybe Bigfoot. But <laughs> gonna rip your head off and spit down your neck. We can only hope, right? <laughs> if that, if Bigfoot if Bigfoot did that a few times. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. I think we'd all be better off. <laughs> I recently heard, um now I don't know if this is true or not, um that in the States they are trying to get well. Bigfoot hunters uh, get a whole group to go get proof, and if you can actually bring back proof, they're going to pay them, I don't know, a, a stupid amount of money. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, there, there's kinda, been, there has that been. That scares uh, me. There has been. I haven't. I've heard. It's been a while since I heard that, but I heard there was. Somebody was putting a bounty out there for a while yeah. on that. and um, But I don't, I don't think it was enough to. Um, I'll have to go back and find the message to see how much uh, they were going to be paying for the bounty. But I, I, I thought that could be really, really dangerous for us. Yeah, as I say, it's really dangerous for, well, for them too. Oh, geez. yeah. Well, okay. yeah, for for all parties, but. <laughs> I, I actually seen that question before, and I'm going to ask it from MLK author because I did see it, but I was going to transition to it. But since they're having such a great time with it in the chat room, <laughs> I will bring it to the, the top of the list because it's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to go there either, but we're going to go there for a second at least. Could Jesus have been an alien? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know that's a, that's a very interesting question, and I've I've seen the the actually uh, my conspiracy shirts my conspiracy dot com has a t shirt with that on that, and um, that's where my my shop's at by the way. For I don't necessarily vouch for that that comment, but it's a question, and uh, I'll stay tuned to save money at the shop. Uh, <laughs> now you like you like that cat? Slide a, that in there. That was, and speaking that was of, and speaking of, <laughs> I'm sitting here. You're, you'll appreciate this. The coffee mug you've sent me is yes. actually part of the studio because it's actually holding the camera up to the right. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I grabbed it and put it there and put the camera on it, and it just kind of worked with what I was doing. Of course, some people tell me the camera's too low, so oh. they want to send up, you another one. <laughs> well, they wanted up probably another. 18 inches, so I don't think a stack of coffee mugs is probably not the best thing as much as I talk no. to my hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but right now, it's on the Paranormal Heart coffee mugs, so there's another swag promotion for um, all those some people. Paranormal Heart helps to hold Jim Mallard up. That's right. and I haven't managed to break it yet, so that's all the key. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show how Sturdy, my mugs are. <laughs> I was gonna say, as anybody anybody who listens to this show for any period of time realizes that I do talk. I haven't hit the microphone in a while, so I think I finally got it to a point where I know where it is. So I don't have to hit it. <laughs> Back in the oh, the early days, cat were horrible. I was constantly whacking that thing. I, I have to I mean, find those. Oh yeah, the shows with the big thump in them. You'll know them. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your new logo the mallet report the show with the big thump and then there's, there's the uh, the stubborn era where i would refuse to fix the audio because it sounded just fine to me even though there was this low pitched buzz in the background which i finally mm -hmm. did hear and then i 
proceeded not to fix for another six months because I couldn't <laughs> hear it when it was live, so it didn't bother me. <laughs> Did you know uh, Brian Anderson? Uh, Brian Anderson then? Did he fix it? He actually did. Well, I fixed it, and then when I broke it, he helped me <laughs> fix it the second time. He's brilliant. Literally he's, brilliant. Uh, yeah, he saved the show more than once with these things <laughs> that... Um, it's amazing, <laughs> because I, I see... Okay, so we're, I'll say this out loud. I see the all these other podcast studios with these big mixers and these big elaborate systems and all this other stuff, and literally, I don't... I mean, you all see what's in front of me or behind me all the time, but literally I've got one monitor, two monitors, and a keyboard in front of me. There's no mixers. There's no There's no physical machines that make this show happen. It's all done digitally, which every time I say that to people, they, they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that, but... And I'm like, yeah, you can do that, but I don't... You know, I had, I've had multiple mixers and all this other stuff, and guess what? I'd rather do it digitally because it works better. Yeah, I just have a laptop, a mic, a headset, and this little little blue box that everything plugs into. That's all I have. Yeah. So okay. So let's talk, let's let's go back. So let's rewind the tape on that since we've got a well, jeez, the pits. Thirteen Holy minutes. Holy Hannah. Okay. Anyway, so we're rewinding the tape. <laughs> so you were investigating for a number of years there. What four or five? You start. Well, obviously, you started listening to the podcast. But mm. what made you train? I mean, obviously, I kind of know this a little bit because I may have, may or may not have had something, some influence in this. But obviously, at the end of the day, you had to have wanted to start doing it. Why did you want to start doing it? Yeah, well, um, well, the way I met you was with John Mallard, no relation. Um, the very first interview I did was with John, and um, I was terrified, and it was pre-recorded. I, oh, lordy. I don't think I've ever been that terrified before, even on investigations. <laughs> but then you do one interview, you meet one person in the paranormal, and you meet somebody else, and it just snowballs, and then you have all this wonderful network of people that you meet and met you through him and lost my train of thought. Where was I going? What was the question? <laughs> Why did you, oh, right, right, right. you start doing your show? <laughs> <laughs> And then Elaine Matthews, uh, she used to have um, a podcast, well, a channel on YouTube, and I was her first guest. It was called Elaine's Extreme Paranormal Channel. I was her first guest, and I was on there three or four other times. And I had family and friends message me, say, hey, uh, you should start your own show. And I'm like, every person that would say that to me, I'd be like, hell no. (laughs) So then I told that to my husband, and he's like, well, why don't you? And I'm like, wait. What? Goes, well, why? Why don't you? And I'm like, I don't know. Other people do. And then I started to think, well, why don't I? And he's like, you like to talk to people. You like the paranormal. It's you know a no-brainer. So then I messaged you and I messaged John. I was like, do should I do this? And you're like, why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> and I remember you said after your first five episodes, you'll know if you want to keep doing it. And here we are, three years later. So, um, yeah, I just like to talk to people like uh, my husband had mentioned, and and I like the paranormal, and I like the thing that I've mentioned this so many times. The thing that intrigues me the most about paranormal is doesn't matter what religion, where you are around the world, everybody has the same experiences, but they'll call them by a different name. And to me, that's fascinating. I mean, to be able to have, like, Bigfoot in one part of the world and Yowie in another or uh, not Yowie. Um, yeah. Yowie in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they have them everywhere around the world. Uh, you know, Yetis, all different names. That can't be a coincidence. Why are people having the same experiences? It's, it's so intriguing. Yeah. And, and even the ghost spirit thing, right? As simple as it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do some people, call them a ghost and why do some people call them a spirit and why do some people there are some people who differentiate between the two being the same person mm-hmm. which that that those people fascinate me to no end because I I, I have I have I, I use them interchangeably to my chagrin or whatever and when they start splitting hairs and splitting it out and I go wow <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's all there is to it. It's just a wow. I don't know how else to say it. Those wow people. 
And that's what that's what I love about my show, right? And you're probably aware aware of what I'm going to go here is um, when you can go out and get somebody what well, makes you uncomfortable, not necessarily a bad uncomfortable, but pushes you out beyond what you believe. Who says things that you you know haven't thought about or haven't considered, and go, and, and you, there's a topic that I'm thinking about that I know you love. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, <laughs> we both know what that topic is. <laughs> Who? Well, uh, it's a difficult topic, right? I'm going to say it's flat earthers. Yeah, I mean, my listeners around the world appreciate this. Yeah, uh, it, it's difficult. It's difficult for me. It's difficult for you. It's difficult for a number of people in the duck one. Yeah, I mean, you're you're. It's almost like uh, the Ouija all over again, uh, where you're told one thing all your life, and you know, all of a sudden, these people are having other views. And although I still firmly believe that we are a globe, why is it all these other people are saying it's the, the Earth is flat? I don't understand it. I want to understand your point of view. I don't. I used to make fun of them, <laughs> but now I don't because I want to understand. I want to understand everybody's point of view. Like, why is it? I, I had one person tell me that all the planets in the universe are round except for Earth. It's flat. And when I asked, um, why is it just Earth that's flat and everybody else is round? Like, what? I, I don't get it. And they couldn't yeah. really understand. But I really wanted to know. Like, give me more input. What is your data? What what makes you think that? That's the thing. Like that 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 is probably like the topic that gets me the most out there, right? Because it puts me at a point where, I mean, there's some UFO alien stuff that kind of gets me on that edge. Um, big, I know there's not too much Bigfoot stuff. Not nearly as much ghost stuff as used. I mean, there was a time that some of that stuff kind of got there, but now it's kind of far from it. But you know, as you're sliding out there, that that's still the topic in. As you know, I've talked a lot, a lot, a lot of topics on here. And that flat mm-hmm. earth one is always the one that kind of, I don't want to say puts the line in the sand, because I've talked about it several, a couple times now. I don't want to say several times, but a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I remember two guests that you had that were talking about flat earth, and one guy was out to lunch, and the other guy actually had um, what he thought was scientific fact. And I'm going to say what he thought, because I don't know. Um, and kudos to him for being on your show where the most of your listeners don't believe in that. And, and like I said, kudos to him because he went on a show where non-believers to his ideas were listening. I mean, he could have been torn apart by questions by you or, or anybody else, but he didn't care. He wanted to go on there and, and talk about his views. And I have to say, I admire that. And I will say this about both those gentlemen. Both have uh, thanked me for the interview and were very generous. And both said they'd come back, which is a hmm. an honest sign to me that says, well, I I, I want to say I asked, I don't want to say they were hard questions, but they were definitely hard questions for somebody that believes something that is hard to believe. Yeah. And to have that mutual give and take and say, yes, we'll come back, tells me that I handled that correctly. Yeah, you did do a good job. So, it's up I, there with the water's not wet topic, but we won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Families have separated because of that topic. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good uh, boy. That's so a, I that's, just that sounds like a bad dad joke, but go ahead. <laughs> I just saw a question by a Germantown runner. If you don't mind my answering it, oh, go ahead. Why is it when I cut the grass during the summer with my shirt off, so many in my town call animal control reporting a Yeti sighting? It's because, Germantown runner, you're so fine that the Yetis are coming out to look for you. And that's what the sightings are. It's not you. It's the others looking for you. Like that? Hmm? <laughs> so you've done 56 of these paranormal. Well, there's 56 posted 50, now. Yeah, 57 coming out this this uh, this Sunday. This Sunday. So for I started off... I started off with doing once a month, and then uh, I decided that I was going to do them twice a month, and it seems to be working out well. So for those people who want to hear me, or Kat talk to me about paranormal things, and this would have been, goodness, years ago. 
Uh, I'm episode a- number 12. I had to go look it up for those people who want to dig back through. And Is hear- it 12? Yeah. Wow. I know it was a December. Yeah, it was your first year show. Yeah. Which... I think it was December. Yeah, which blows my mind because, like you said, you now you're at 56, so... Yeah, and I... Like I said, 57's coming out. I already have 58 recorded, and I have uh, uh, about five uh, that I have on my list that want to be on the show. So um, at first I was wondering, do I want to have two a month? Am I going to have enough guests for um, but yeah, so far so good. I've um, I've been very fortunate with uh, either reaching out to people on other shows, extremely fascinating, or people uh, are starting to message me now, which yeah, just, I'm happy. So you know, I I love asking podcasters and radio people this this question: Who is that one person you'd like to get on your show? Oh, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I would love to have Dan Aykroyd. Um, not because I loved him in Ghostbuster and I love everything that he does in, in any movie. Like, he's a great entertainer. Um, but when I found out years ago that he grew up um, pretty much in a parental family, that really intrigued me. And I want to I want to pick his brain to find out, you know, give me more. What? what how did you grow up? What did you... I mean, I, I just want to talk to him to find that out. Not because he's Dan freaking Aykroyd, but because I find him very interesting and I want to know more. Yeah, that's that's the fun thing. The I, I love the people. I want to find out more about how they've got from point A to point B. And, of course, Aykroyd has yeah. that other, other whole paranormal background that's just fascinating to me. Yep. I mean, who knew? <laughs> Well, not many, but I think more people do today no. than they did then. So, I remember reading, and I know we're almost out of time, but I remember reading that when he was a kid. I can't remember if it was his grandfather that had it. So, you know those proton packs that they have in Ghostbusters? I think he had his grandfather or some family member that actually had something like that uh, to investigate. And I thought, oh, I want to know more about this. <laughs> so, you know. Mr. Aykroyd, I'm a Canadian. <laughs> I'd really <laughs> love to talk to you about the paranormal. Um, so please contact me at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Just saying. So, Kat is also one of the select company that gets the Bill Murray message <laughs> from me. Yep. Every Tuesday. I think I, I mentioned this one week during live calls. Yep. I sent it yep. to several people. Well, it's a growing list of people. I was the people. only one. It's a growing list of people that I send it to. But, hey, you will be happy to know that I don't send the same Bill Murray to everybody. You all get your own personal Bill Murray. Oh. Based on kind of the conversation we were having or the guests or, you know, like. there's it's personalized. There's there's various variables in the Bill Murray gift because your, your, your Bill Murray gift today was obviously much more directed for you being on the show tonight than yeah. um, the other ones I sent out. So, uh. And I love those reminders because I've told you years ago, crap, I forgot it was Tuesday, I missed your show, and now you send me reminders, and sometimes with the reminders I forget. So <laughs> <laughs> that, That's okay, but you know, Bill Murray, I, I, at some point I guess he's kind of my guest at this point. I just am fascinated with him because – of the things that he's doing now with his life that he's got mm-hmm. to this point where he has zero fucks to give. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. he shows up and takes, gets in uh, couples engagement photos and, and hangs out at parties and does dishes and like all these great stories of him. Plus being this illustrious Hollywood actor who is in probably two of my five favorite movies. And, uh, I don't know, but we're out of time, cat. Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Merci beaucoup. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mail Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guest and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of duckpondshop.com 
where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout, duckpondshop.com. Until next week, stay safe and keep quacking. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.